LDB, 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 LDB. Good evening, LDB. It's time for your favorite podcast once again, and it's been a minute, so we're excited to be back. It is Sunday, May 22nd. Uh, and it is the evening hours. I am your host, Chris Schutzer. I'm joined, as always, by still COVID-ridden, and I apologize for that. Mr. Matthew Starr, how are you? You know, I'm doing all right. I, I am a lot better than I have been in over the last week, so, you know, that's a plus. Uh, I'm happy to hear that you're on the mend, even if, if you're still in it. Um, also joining us, uh, our union champ and co-host, Mr. Michael Becker. How are you, Michael? Doing okay. Not not as bad as Star, um, but unfortunately we are without power right now. So I'm uh, discussing fantasy baseball by candlelight, just like Thomas Jefferson did or something. <laughs> the only way to talk about fantasy baseball. Yeah, so it's hot. It's really hot. I'm sweating uh, and I've got a single candle going. It's quite romantic. <laughs> That's this awesome. Is quite the uh, podcast. <laughs> Welcome, buckle up. <laughs> and and as you have now heard, we also are joined by Ryan Hughes, man of the hour. Uh, and the reason, folks, is it should be obvious to you. After that first hour of hearing about Elden Ring, we needed more. It was just not enough. So we, we've decided that Ryan and, and Matt, uh, Becker and I are just going to go silent. You guys are going to get another hour on Elden Ring. It is time. Uh, no. That is not what we're going to do. I'm just messing with you guys. Um, but seriously, Hughes, how you been, man? Um, I've been, I don't, I don't know. I've been all right. I, I had the, I had the COVID. Um, my whole house had the COVID. Um, it, it was generally fine. Like when Star said nine days, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's a, that's a long one. Um, it was, it, it was a weird one for me because I had symptoms and I was I kept testing negative. Um, but uh, which I guess is a thing I, I gather, but yeah, um, we, we got over it. We seem to be mostly okay. Um, Nancy still got a little bit of a fog, but um, she's she's doing all right. Seems like LDB got COVID here in the last four weeks. I had it. Uh, my whole family had it. We were lucky to get back from Costa Rica. I'm pretty sure that the Costa Rican uh, clinic just let us through uh, and yeah. just stole our money. Um, which I'm sort of grateful for, even if I might now be the the father of the COVID tree of probably like 500 people that I gave it to on the plane. Um, but the alternative was getting stuck in Costa Rica for probably two weeks, and that would have been nasty. Um, Star, what are your big symptoms? Uh, it, it's been a weird, weird, wild ride. So, like, it, I was never that sick. <clears throat> um, I got like really sick for about 36 hours. I had a fever and chills and achiness. And that all went away seriously, like on the third day. And I have since just been like so fucking tired for the last week, basically. Uh, and also, I lost my sense of taste in the middle of the week. No, it's back. Uh, but my I lost the ability to taste for like seventy-two hours from like Wednesday to Friday. There, though wow. uh, no, no, it seems to have bounced back for the most part. That's nice. Nice to be able to taste again. I'm certainly intrigued by the fact that it, we, we as a nation just seem to be at the point now where it's like, well, we're all going to get it. So uh, it's my turn. It's your turn. It's Ryan's turn. It's I feel like we're yeah. just hearing this on the cast as we go forward, which is what it is. So 
Um, well, I think we need to put Ryan uh, on the hot seat and, and ask him some questions because um, I feel like the, the, the get to know an owner section of, of this cast uh, requires it. And I have a, like, I got to be honest with you, Hughes, there's like 19 things I wanted to go down rabbit holes with you. So um, okay. there's like plenty of reasons to, to have you lots of times. Um, but can we start with like, where we always start i actually know this because you're one of the original ldb members correct that's right yeah uh and you uh were like freshman roommates with who no um i no so i i was actually i transferred to uva so um i um i met uh star and ian my second year their second year um differently though um so i met ian through university democrats which that was like our our big thing in college and i got stories about that um but like star and i met we actually met in a class so it was uh it, we he was we were both engineers still at the time we both later quit um and it was a it was a data structures class and it was um it's kind of a weird class the way they taught it because it was like it wasn't like here's your project or here's your thing like do it it was it was like this is what being a de software developer is like and the the professor is the customer and you have to do these projects on these groups and the customer doesn't like them and here's revisions and this whole like awful process and which is like actually a lot of my motivation for not being a software developer i was like fuck this i don't like this um and and i left uh, Star like already had his foot out the door just because he I, I don't want to speak for to tell Star, Star's side of it but it's uh, my the way I remember it is he just kind of already knew he didn't want to be an engineer but he was in this class with us and we had this group project and um, uh, it, it was divided three different ways it was a tic tac toe game there was an, a, a, a user interface um, some back end thing and then artificial intelligence and Star was doing the artificial intelligence part of it and he knew he was about to transfer out but he didn't want to bone us. So he did the project anyway, um, uh, and uh, it turns out that it, it, his code didn't work, which, you know, fine. Um, uh, and so I, I ended up having to just write the AI myself, and I just made it random. So I just, like, pick random uh, tic-tac-toe spots because that was all I had time to pull off. And then we had a competition of our AI, of our programs against other um, uh, other. Uh, groups in the class and we lost because because ours was just random but yeah so you and star had like the horrible group project situation as how you became friends right well it was like we were just in the class and then he like bailed and it was like no it, it wasn't like oh like star you know boned us or anything like that it's just like the guy is out and we got to figure out what to do um but then it turned out later i was in i was already doing the university democrats thing and then like i'd met ian well, you know i don't know how many times but um but later on like i think they invited me to a poker game or something like that and i was like oh you're a guy in my class yeah yeah i was just gonna say i, I remember so i i felt kind of bad about it i just dropped the class because i was going to fail this class i was like i am not capable of passing this computer science class it's the only class in college that I did not <laughs> did not complete. Um, but yeah, and then I felt bad because I bailed on you guys. And honestly, I feel like you're giving me more credit. <laughs> I feel like I just kind of fucked you guys. And then you showed up at my apartment like a, a month later and I was like, oh hey, that guy <laughs> fucked over. <laughs> Here's a beer. I probably owe you 20 more. <laughs> um, well that's that's a good story. I appreciate that. 
I like I feel like most most people hate those group projects because you're always navigating like who's going to do all the work anyway. So um, yeah. that's and it's it's great to like have such a good memory for all those details. Um, so wait a minute, where does Brophy come into all this? Uh, he was he was roommates with also uh, well, that year. Oh, you guys all lived in land. So they were all first year roommates together, and then they lived uh, together um, their second year too in Lambeth, right? Yeah, yeah, we were all living together. Ian and Brophy and I were all living in the same apartment uh, our sophomore year. And did you guys play any fantasy baseball before LDB together? Yes, we did. Um, so I I got because like they did a, a fantasy football league and. Um, who do I, who's I, I, I'm on green. I remember I drafted first. I had no idea what I was doing, but I drafted I'm on green. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, cause I like baseball a lot better than, than football. And so I tried, I, I got this like ragtag team together or, or league together, but it didn't work because like people just, they we had a draft and then half of the people just never set a lineup. Um, we tried it again the next year, kind of the same thing happened. Uh, and then I think the year after that is is when uh, Harcourt kind of got because Harcourt and uh, Brophy worked together, and so Harcourt had a, a group of guys, and we had a group of guys, and it kind of went from there. Yeah, I, I credit Hughes with really getting me into fantasy baseball to begin with, and really getting me back into baseball. I had been a huge baseball fan when I was younger, and kind of stopped following baseball in college, and it was. The fantasy league that Hughes put together, it was our senior year of college or fourth year of college. Um, that really brought me back to baseball. And I really hadn't followed baseball in like three or four years at that point. Uh, but that was really kind of the impetus for me getting back into baseball and, and falling in love with fantasy baseball, even though that league in particular was not great. I think I did very well that first year though, in a league <laughs> half full of uh, uh, inactive owners. Yeah. So if Hughes is in some ways then like the, the grandfather of the UVA contingent of fantasy baseball. That, that seems a little, a little much. But... I'm going with it. I'm going with it, Grandpa. No, I mean, I, I think it, if, if Hughes had not started that league in 2004, there would not be LDB today. I think that I, I feel fairly confident in saying that. Well, right. I'll take if, it. If that's the case, then maybe maybe it's time, Ryan, for you to tell us how did you fall in love with baseball, period? Like, where did this? Um, so, uh, okay. So, so growing up, my dad's side of the family, they're huge Dodger fans. Um, like they had season tickets. I found old, like, uh, Dodgers versus Houston tickets and old like, family boxes and stuff. Um, and I have lots of baby photos of me and, you know, Dodger gear and, and whatever. Um, but growing up, I, when my, my parents split, my mom moved out to the Inland Empire, um, which, you know, by the way, is like a, a, a fun feature of the league because Becker worked in, uh, he, he didn't work for my hometown newspaper, but he worked for like the next one over basically. Um, and, uh, and Paul also grew up like kind of over the hill. Uh, he's a few years ahead of me, so that, like we would have never kind of like crossed paths or whatever, but um uh, but he, so there's this, this weird Inland Empire contingent, and uh, I think, and Becker, you, you feel free to challenge me on this, but I think it's fair to say that Inland Empire is, for the most part, uh, Angel's territory. So, oh, I, yes, yes, yeah, that in Orange County, yeah. So, so I like, I, I kind of grew up like, and I also, as a little kid, like in, in you know, T ball or whatever, was, was on the Angels, and um, so, so I was 
basically kind of a tacit Angels fan. I wasn't like, I didn't actively watch the Angels or anything like that, but so I was just kind of an Angels fan uh, up until I guess my fourth year of college. It was after they won the World Series. I knew that I was, I knew I had this Dodgers history and I knew I was going to be like orientate my life toward LA and the Dodgers sucked really bad. It was like the McCord, a big, the middle or the beginning of the McCord era. I can't remember, but I was basically like, I'm switching affi- uh, uh, allegiances now, uh, and 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 that's that's kind of where I, uh, how I ended up uh, uh, where I did. Okay, so then if you were an Angels, a tacit Angels fan, using your language as a child, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't warn you this was coming, but how many times have you seen the movie Angels in the Outfield, and have you gone back to watch it as an adult? I'm not watching as an adult. Um, I, I mean, that's actually probably a good one to watch with Anna. And I, I mean, I only watched it once or twice as a kid. Uh, I don't, I don't really remember much about it. I do remember, I mean, that was part of the reason why I, like, as, as I started kind of growing up and getting to be an adult and the way the angels, the team kind of carried themselves as like, they, I just felt like they were way too Disney centric for, for a while there. And, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm coming right back to you, but Becker, I got to ask, cause I know you've seen that movie. What's your take on angels in the outfield? So uh, I actually confuse angels in the outfield with like the other, the Holy trio of 1992 to 1994 baseball themed kids movies to include rookie of the year, Sandlot. Oh, yeah. And there's gotta be another one in there. I feel like I was a rookie of the year kind of guy. Um, is Angels in the Outfield with Christopher Lloyd? It sure is. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, I remember it, bits and pieces. Yeah. And what's the other one? So rook, Rookie of the Year is the one where he, he uh, breaks his arm and pitches for the Cubs. What's yeah. the one where the, the guy is managing the Minnesota Twins? Yeah, that, I, I was just going to say there's one, where, there's, there, there's one that you were omitting, and it was that one. But I do yes, that's that so in my, in my head, these are all kind of forming this wonderful stew. Um, so uh, unfortunately it's indistinguishable from those, but I know I liked rookie. I favored yeah, rookie. Little, little big league. That's what it was. Yes. Joseph and, 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 it was the kid and, and yeah. he would go out and he would flap his arms like, because there was an angel <laughs> out there yes. and, and the angels were like God awful. And then, you know, some angel would like take the ball and make it zip around. And it was actually quite charming. I feel um, like the common denominator of all these is it involves some sort of like divorced mom and the kid oh, yeah. trying to set yeah. up his mom with yeah. whatever like red ass baseball player uh, was uh, was nicest to him. All right. I, I'm going back to Hughes now because he is a Dodgers fan now. And I feel like, look, we've actually had some Dodgers fans on. This is something that's been burning in my mind as a New Yorker who okay. grew up hating the Yankees for having money. Yeah. Have the Dodgers become the Yankees part two? And how do you feel about that? Um, I think the answer, it's, it's a, I think there's just kind of two ways to look at that. If you poll baseball fans, I think it's undisputed that the fan base right now looks at the Dodgers that way. Um, so from that perspective, I think the answer is yes. But I think if it's, it's certainly not an apples to apples comparison um, that, you know, old, you know, before Deadspin uh, disbanded or whatever, uh, they they had, every now and then, they, they write some of these takes that are like, the Dodgers are the, 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 the lovable team that it's impossible to hate because it's like, you think about like, 
Will Smith and Max Muncie and Chris Taylor and all these guys who you know they they pluck them out of no uh, uh, Justin Turner like they pluck these guys out of nowhere and they turn them into an amazing offense and um, I, I I think it, it, it's way harder to to say that they're the Yankees like they're the Steinbrenner Yankees because they're I mean they they do spend money and they 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 do that but it's not all they're doing. I think that's fair. Um, I, I do, but I think there's also like this thing where it's like every off season with the biggest name, it's like, oh yeah, he'll go to the Dodgers. Right. Um, and we've seen it a number of years in a row now with like Freeman and I'm not trying to get into a thing here, but with Bauer and, you know, even, even with the lumps that they take with the, with the contracts that end up being bad, like going back to, um, uh, Crawford and, and Adrian Gonzalez. And, and <laughs> I mean, like there's been a number of them actually. Um, although yeah. I, I think the Red Sox gave those two contracts, and then the yeah, Dodgers ate them. Like that was like, yeah. I was gonna say these, these, those are all be, those are all in the pre Friedman era too. So it's like kind of a apples to oranges thing there. Yeah. All right, maybe maybe to rein this in, like, do you have a favorite Dodger right now? Your favorite Dodger of all time? Let me think on that for a second. I don't. I'm um, right now. Um, I don't know. Probably, probably. Oh, we'll just say uh, in light of the trade, it's Trey Turner. How about that? I like that. I do like that. Um, he's he's kind of fun to watch. So, um, Becker or Star, either of you have any any Dodger specific questions for for Hughes right now? No, I, I was going to say though, as opposed to the I, for whatever reason, I find myself I don't hate the Dodgers as much. Uh, and I think it's just because of the way I think there, there's an amount of respect that I have for Friedman and, and the way that they've built that organization and develop players and just do things in an incredibly smart way. And yes, they spend money like no one else does, but I don't know. It's just that I just have an, a mad amount of respect for them in a way that I haven't for teams like that in the past. And so I, for that reason, I feel like I haven't. Uh, directed as much vitriol towards them as maybe I would have if I was feeling like they were just like the Steinbrenner Yankees and just spending money to win championships. Yeah, that's fair. Brian, what was your perspective on the uh, the, the Russell Martin, Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier, Manny Ramirez era? It's so funny because the Dodgers have gone through so many iterations in the last 10 years. And that, that I think, was had the, the longest shelf life uh, maybe in the last 10, 15 years, but it, it, I was very close to it. I'm curious what like a, a, a true Dodger fan uh, felt about those teams. I mean, yeah. So, and, and for those who don't remember, I'm pre, that was all pre Friedman, right? Yes. This was, at, yeah. this was right at the end in the McCourt era. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it, it, it was just like a typical, like, you know, you you, you go out, you support the team. And like, I like, I like, I liked Andre Ethier. Uh, I mean, I like all those guys kind of, you know, personality wise and kind of what they, they but like, you know, the, the team sucked. Um, but, you know, you go out and you support the team and that's it. All right. I think it's time to see. Oh, 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 hold on. Let me say one more thing. Let me say one thing that scares me about that. Uh, uh, that that not scares me about the Dodgers, but that I, like, keeps me up, is um, uh, losing Farhan Zaidi, who went to the Giants, who seems to be just spinning gold out of yarn up there. Um, I, I, it, I, 
I, I think that a lot of the brain trust left and that, that it went to the Giants, uh, that, that keeps me up at night. One last question for Ryan. Did you ever get into a fight in the parking lot? No, 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 no. Um, actually, what I used to do um, at the games was I would, you know, the, the, the parking attendants would kind of direct you to like where to park and I would just ignore them and I would park as close to the exit as possible. Um, and then once the game, and by the way, let me just say for the record that I stay to the end of the games. I, I get there for the first pitch. I rarely, rarely, rarely miss a first pitch and I stay to the end. I'm not one of the typical, like, you know, show up to third or, you know, and then leave in the seventh or whatever. Uh, but at the end, after the last pitch, because it ends up being this massive traffic jam, I would sprint uh, as fast as I could out to my car, which is already right by the exit and then zip right out of there. So I didn't have to sit in the, the parking lot for hours. Uh, That's a smart move. Yeah. And I say that because the parking lot, as you know, and other Dodger fans will know, uh, gets particularly stabby after dark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a visual for, for our listeners, since they don't get what I get. Uh, while Ryan just told that story, he literally pumped his arms like he was running uh, as he sprinted. Uh, and, and that made the story much better for me. Uh, so, so thank you for that. All right. I, I, I was ready to do this. I'm, I think it's time. Uh, let's see if Ryan can dodge a wrench. Uh, because we're yeah. going to talk about dodgeball. Um, and quote, for the, yeah. uh, well, you, you, you saw the dodgeball movie, did you not? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. You gotta, if you can dodge yeah. a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Um, so yeah, no, I'm actually not going to make you do something we didn't warn you about, but you are the resident dodgeball expert. Uh, and you, you even volunteered at various points, not just today, but I remember hearing it before that there's a, a huge overlap between the grips on the dodgeball can, can you just tell us like yeah tell us about dodgeball like what is your league well, yeah how many players uh, on the team how serious is this okay well um okay where do i start so okay my, my elevator pitch for dodgeball is that it's the most democratic sport out there it does especially at the rec league level it doesn't matter your gender or your body type or anything. like there are lots of ways to contribute uh you don't have to be a hard thrower uh you can be a softer thrower and more clever uh if you can you know, move around if you're a catcher you can contribute that way there's just lots of ways that you can get out there and be helpful to your team uh so so join um i i've been playing for what like well over a decade now um, and started at the rec level. And then like as, uh, before, um, before the pandemic, I was playing in a league that's um, probably, one, it's one of the more competitive rec leagues in the country. And like, there are guys there who play in the World Dodgeball Championship, which is an actual thing and rotates from country to country. Um, so, and like, am I as good as those guys? No, but like, you know, I, I can, I can hang with them. Like I can, I can get them out once in a while. Um, I'm not, you know, just, just getting slaughtered by them. But uh, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I, where I am in the, the, the dodgeball pecking order. So like, what is the ideal physicality for dodgeball? Like you want to be kind of spry and have a, a huge, you know, cannon of an arm, like what, so, so if you if you have a cannon, I've played I've played with guys who were like minor league pitchers or former college pitchers, and they they throw missiles and they hurt. Um, but those guys tend to be really tall and they kind of lumber around. And 
if that you you're pretty exposed like your your lower body is very exposed if if that's your body type and so why you have uh the ability to, to throw things that people can't catch um or dodge you leave yourself open to uh to getting hit pretty easily so i would say that the ideal body type and one of the more competitive leagues is like probably five eight um uh athletic but not um but not like beefy so like an nfl running back no too big too big like like a soccer player like a wrestler or something no 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 no, no, no. no i'm not describing myself first like i'm not uh that uh, athletic and i'm also not that tall <laughs> <laughs> all right so how many how many uh pitches or throws do you have like and do you actively think as you're throwing like oh i'm going with this grip here yeah uh so i have, I have four and and it's and it's it's evolved like as i've gotten older and i've it's been harder to throw missiles um i've i've had to do the same thing that pitchers do where you have to uh learn new things to fool people and, and trick them so i have uh i have a fastball i have a slider a slurve and a curve can you please describe the differences between your pitches? <laughs> uh, so, so fastball's a missile, and then uh, so uh, slider will drop. Uh, slurve is it's like it'll go, it'll go, it'll go, um, it'll drop and move to the side, and then uh, a, a curve will uh, a, a, a slider will just move to the side. Okay, so they, yeah. they, it's pretty much exactly as you would expect from like yeah. the yeah. And like, are you practicing not in the games? Like, are you throwing these pitches? Yeah. To be, yeah. So like, so, go ahead. well, yeah, yes and no. So uh, like, I, I have a baseball like net in my backyard and I, I have baseballs and I'll just throw them, throw them, throw them. Um, I also used to, I used to just take a post-it note and stick it kind of across the, you know, the house and on the kind of a floorboard and throw like a tennis ball at it to, to not hard just for, you know, accuracy. That's pretty awesome. Um, can you give us like, wait, did you meet your significant other? Playing I did. Golf? I did. Uh, yeah. So I, I threw, I threw a fastball at a tall dude, um, chest height and he moved out of the way and it, it whacked her in the head. Um, and I just kind of said, Hey, sorry. Um, and, uh, and then, she, and then we talked at the bar and then, you know, talked at another thing later and I, you know, bought her and her friends drinks and I went from there. All right, so you you are the probably one person in the United States of America who hit your girlfriend at the time in the face with a dodgeball, and that led to romance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, so, all right, I, I mean, like, I this is it's. I kind of want to see it. Like, is the movie actually does it do justice to what the game is like, or not? I, I mean. I mean, a little bit. Um, most leagues don't use those those hard kind of rubber balls anymore. They have like a softer one um, because those, those those ones I used to play in leagues with those, and they're actually dead. like I got a welt on the side of my body from one of the the minor league pitchers once that stayed there for like three or four weeks, uh, or like a bruise. Uh, so people don't really play with those things anymore because if you get hit hard with one of those, you're like maybe probably going to get a concussion. Um, so there's there's softer balls. Um, there's a lot of strategy involved, especially at the higher levels in terms of like the flow of the game and um, uh, keeping control of uh, area and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, I, I have one last question. I didn't warn you I was going to do this, but out of LDB, if you had to put together a dodgeball team, who would you choose? 
Oh, that that you know, I actually um, that that actually, I, I have a question for Becker. So I, I correct correct me if I'm wrong. Did you so you're you're playing baseball right now? Did you say you're pitching about sixty miles per hour? <laughs> no, I'm hitting sixty mile an hour pitching. I am certainly oh. not pitching. Uh, and, and oh, I thought you correct, said you were pitching. No, uh, they want me to pitch. And in fact, I've joined a second league since we've last uh, recorded a podcast. So it, it is it, it is really nice to know that there's a fellow athlete in this league. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, okay, so if, if I'm going to pick some people, like number one, Ray, because Ray just has um, the uh, – Everyone just everyone's always said that Ray's just one of those guys who's good at like every sport. So I think he would be probably. Oh no, no, uh, no, no. no. I, I was just I was just lamenting the fact that Ray is good at every sport. Oh, okay, yeah. But, so Ray would be one of my number one draft pick. Um, and then uh, Becker, you got some baseball skills, so I'll take you. Star Star throws missiles, um, so I would probably I'd probably take Star. Um, I'd, I'd say my my best skill is actually probably catching. Though I can catch pretty much anything that no matter how hard it is, I would say. Okay. Oh, and more I, so I, than I can throw. There was a you and I played a dodgeball game once in the streets in D.C. We did. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. The, old, the old street dodgeball. Yeah. Like I think it was on the Fourth of July, uh, many many moons ago. Ryan, before you waste a high draft pick on me, you should know I'm, I'm somewhat limited at the moment. I have what uh, Bill Belichick might call a lower body injury, which really just means I pulled my groin at the last game. <laughs> Oof. Is that the yeah. second time that's happened this season? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a re-aggravation. I, I understand how, how these athletes um, tend to re-injure themselves, such as the life. Well, maybe as the athlete of our league, you need to start, you know, doing yoga. <laughs> fucking stretching. <laughs> you're like, you're like Jr. out there being like, ah, I don't stretch. Um, well, let, let me say one more thing to bring it back to uh, to baseball. So a bunch of us in our league, uh, one of the old leagues I played in, we were really curious how fast we actually throw. So we pooled our money and bought a speed gun. Um, and like I was, I think I topped out around 60 um, maybe hit 61 once. Um, and then I think the nobody got much higher than that. There's like one guy who got higher than that. And then I took it to my friend, Andrew, who, uh, oh, here's a fun story. Uh, star randomly met in a bar in Prague. Um, and, uh, didn't know each other, didn't know each other, but figured out that they had a mutual connection somehow. Um, and then he's, he's also one of those guys who's just good at every sport and super athletic generally. Um, and he couldn't get it much over 60 miles per hour, which gives like, as you know, when you're watching, like I was watching um, a, a Gratterall last night or the night before, just throwing a hundred mile per hour missiles, like it's nothing. Um, it, it's so hard to throw a fastball that's anywhere in the neighborhood of these guys. It's, it's very humbling to, to go out there and actually try it. Well, I do appreciate that you brought us back to, to baseball. You gave us the segue we needed. Um, you're the man of the hour for obvious reasons. You just completed two enormous trades. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's time that we give you the floor just to talk about the direction of the corn. Um, you know, you've been in the league for a while. Like this was a real, you know, chips on, you know, pushing the chips to the middle of the table, like move. You're you're what was it, 12 games under 500 at the point that you made this this call. Walk us through the logic here, because I think it's awesome. 
Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. You, 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 I think you give me too much credit as if there's like a, like a larger plan. You know, I was when I was in Boston and VJ was kind enough to show us around. We were, we were having a conversation about um, uh, like our our and 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 li and li having listened to all the podcast episodes from last year, there are people in this league who whose uh, baseball knowledge I I will never ever uh, know the 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 um the minor league uh depth charts as well as a lot of people do uh you know star and sean and of you uh, chris uh becker brophy i will never ever even come close to that uh so you know, the idea that i have like this master plan is is uh, just untrue um you know my my thinking was i mean i guess it started last year where uh, where I sold to Becker, I sold Nola, uh, and I got you know, a bunch of draft picks. And the plan was to be able to flip those during this season to uh, to try to make a run. Uh, and and so to get back to your question, you know, I'm having what appeared to be like kind of a kind of a shitty season. Why did I kind of push the chips all in? And I think the answer is twofold. Um, at the point, I, I mean, cause you and I were going, you, you kind of knocked on my door a few times and I was like, I, I don't know. I need to kind of wait and see how this is going for me. Um, but at the point where you're we a quarter of the season in, I thought my pitching was, was decent enough. Um, and I obviously had all kinds of problems in the offensive side. Um, but it was early enough that I thought that I could, uh, to, uh, that I could, do these trades and see how it goes. And then even if things go south, I feel like I could still sell at the deadline if I needed to, if this doesn't work out for me. Uh, so it doesn't seem like it was a, it's, it's not truly an all in or pushing the chips in or, or I just, I feel like I have enough runway to, to, uh, to build a campaign. And if I don't, then I have some recourse to recoup some of what I lost. I think that's fair. Becker star, any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I, I was certainly surprised and impressed. I, I thought you did very well for yourself. And, you know, I, I agree. I have a, you know, I think it's pretty unquestioned that your pitching has been great and you know, the offense is where the, the need was. And, you know, you brought in the guys, the types of guys that you need to, to fix that. And also, you know, I think like you said, I think you, you brought in guys like Turner and Judge too, who, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always trade them at the deadline. There's always going to be a demand for players like superstar players like that. So I think it was it was very well done and very well executed. And you know, I think it's made uh, it's gonna make making the playoffs in Union just that much harder, unfortunately. Ryan, I'd like to hear more about the judge deal. Uh, it, it it did not surprise me to see Tim make that deal because he's been running that game for ten years in our law school league. Uh, he he was known for buying Mike. I'm sorry. Which game? What do you mean? Oh, I mean I mean the the buy a superstar player only to flip him for three very solid players. Yeah, that's uh, maybe, maybe maybe we should have a discussion about that because I have always been of the mindset that in fantasy you want to get some you 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 know obviously there's injury risk and you you know you're uh, there's you're more prone to you know lose somebody on an injury but i've always been in favor of trading multiple players for one 
kind of not superstar, a superstar or somewhere of higher caliber than the, the, the parts that you're giving away. Yeah, I, 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 to, I totally, I, I'm 100% in that corner, which is why I was very confused about <laughs> Tim's side of that trade, because I, you can get the superstar, always get the superstar. You can, you can find decent players, you can trade for decent players, you know, you can't, there are only so many superstars, you know, there's, there, there are, you know, 10 players in the caliber of Aaron Judge, and, you know, the fact you, you can, you can fill in your roster around them in other ways, but there's only so many people that are Aaron Judge or Trey Turner. So you, you may have answered that question, Ryan. I guess, was it difficult to give up on those three or is that just the cost of doing business to acquire and judge? Uh, well, I mean, let's, 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 uh, I mean, I, I'm of that mindset. This sounds like stars of that mindset, but I mean, I think if you, I, I, there's something to be said for diversifying risk and, uh, and if you're really weak in, you know, three areas or two areas or something like that, you know, I, I think there are situations where it could make sense to do it the other way. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's philosophical or if, or if, if one's right or, or definitely right or wrong. But um, anyway, um, uh, sorry, Becker, what was your question? Uh, oh, was it hard to give away uh, the three? Um, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, we were actually going back and forth about, about less initially, but um, he was he was really concerned about um, he was really concerned about Muncie um, and his uh, it, it maybe like having lingering injury problems, um, and so that's where um, Polanco came into it. Uh, so actually, had I done it earlier, I might have been able to might have been able to do it for less. I don't know if he would have actually pulled the trigger or not. Um, but I was still in the mode of kind of wait and see with my team before I before I do something big. And by the time and. The other part of it, though, is because I was getting Turner, that made giving up Polanco much easier. So that, yeah, that that, that definitely uh, greased the wheel there. Most trades were announced, I, I think, within a couple hours of each other. But were they dominoes? Did you need one to follow the other? Was it coincidence that they were announced so so soon after each other? Uh, oh no! So I, I announced them simultaneous, and yeah, it was. I, I told because I think I, I wrapped the one up with Tim first and said uh, I, I'm generally good with this, but it's contingent on another trade uh, because I was giving up my shortstop and I needed the other shortstop coming in. So uh, like if 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 Turner ended up not being part of the deal or my my deal just fell through with Schutzer, then I don't know that I would have done it. Uh, maybe, but I don't know because I, I mean then I would have a huge hole at shortstop and I don't know what I would have done. I think it's awesome. I do. Um, if you if you guys want, I can take just a quick second and talk about my angle in this. Like, I, I, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear about your 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 perspective and, and I, how you feel about your return. Look, I, I've been in this league long enough that you guys probably know from me at this point that I'm not a man of half measures. Like, I'm either all in or I'm all out. And this season was really fucking doomed from the start. I, I like, I, I'm not going to, you know, do a woe is me. It happens in baseball, but like my team has been shot in the foot literally from two weeks before the season began from when, you know, the McCullers injury was more serious as soon as they reported and then Flaherty's hurt and then Lynn needs surgery. And then, you know, like I, Moncada misses the first month and Lewis's injury is worse. And it's just, I literally like, the, I am the team that Josh was last year, where if you look at my roster, I think at one point I had I had 11 players on my on my IL and they were all contributors. It's not like they were jokes. 
So like, you know, I tried to float near it, but I just didn't see a way that this team without my buying, which I didn't want to do, was going to turn things around quickly. And meanwhile, in my upper minors, I've got players that I think I'm going to promote next year that are going to have huge impacts between Torkelson and Nolan Gorman and uh, Varsho and Reed Detmers. And so getting a guy like Trevor May as the as the headliner in a deal for for Trey Turner, just from a timing standpoint, not only addressed my greatest need, which was I, I, I hope you know that you got Dustin May and not Trevor. Oh, May. sorry. Yeah, Dustin May. Sorry. Uh, well, to oh, me, that, yeah, that. Oh, crap. Uh, that, that, that actually like getting Dustin May was probably better than just about any other prospect that I would have targeted for, for reasons that I believe in him. I know he's coming back from an injury, but from a timeline standpoint, I think it's just going to fit what I'm trying to do. And then the other pieces that I got, like, I, I don't know what to think of DL Hall, if I'm being honest. Um, like I'm scared, like, I guess I'm really excited that there's a possibility that he's going to be great. Uh, but he definitely wasn't my target as Ryan will tell you, I, I was after somebody else. And then uh first round pick ryan came at me with that i wasn't sure what kind of pick he was going to offer he came at me with a first right away that definitely made things faster and then and then the money was like getting money is never bad in this league we've had this discussion once already like we don't need to do it again but that's why i reached out to ryan i was like i feel like there's a unique opportunity for me to move a piece and get something that's really going to help me next year and that's cash so you know on that on that note i i think that um just over time, we as a league have devalued money a little too much uh, because, I mean, it really, like if you can carry over, you know, $15 million or whatever, that makes, you know, buying a superstar a lot more stomachable uh, in the draft. Like, you know, if you can buy, uh, I don't know, Mike Trout or whoever uh, with an extra, you know, $15 million, it, you know, it, 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 it seems, I don't know. I, I think we've kind of lost our way a little bit on that point, but um, maybe people disagree. Yeah, it, it was actually interesting. Brophy and I were talking after you made the trade and talking about, how, like, I don't think there's been this, you know, we have this rule that you can only, you, you know, you're, you can only carry over a certain amount of cash unless you acquired it by a trade. And we haven't seen somebody acquired this much cash in a trade. And like, we couldn't remember how long, I don't know. It's like the early days of LDB. I feel yeah. like so, you know, I think Schutzer is going to have probably more money coming into an auction than any team we have seen in quite some time, which, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think there's, there's maybe more value there than we have given credit for. I think part of it is that people just haven't carried that much money into the season to be able to trade it in the season to allow someone to do this. But it, it, it was something different. And I appreciate that. About I think Ian, Ian, like, was saying over email, like, am I targeting, you know, paying the McQueenies? I, like, listen, I'm going to tell everybody right now, I intend to not pay McQueenies. I intend to win enough games to not pay McQueenies. I want to keep that money. And anything short of that is a failure on my management. Like, I know my team sucks, but I got a lot of pitchers coming back and I, I'm going to try. So, like, I want to keep that money. And if I lose it, that's on me. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you're you're in the unique situation where you have a whole bunch of talent that's you know potentially coming back in the second half that could help you avoid those McQueenies. I'd like to see it happen, but I mean, my team is definitely the league's worst right now, and it's not close. Um, like, I'm going to get beat up very badly for the next three or four weeks. So, um, all right. Unless there's any other final thoughts on this, I say we we switch over to the rest of the league. You guys good with that? Yeah. Chris, can I ask you one last question? 
Sure, can, go for it. Can you give a little insight into the uh, trading Trey Turner and what that process was like from you know, even before the season began to now? It seemed to ebb and flow a little bit, so, uh, but picked up steam lately. Well, I, it's part, part, like Ryan will attest this trade negotiation was easy. Like Ryan, yeah. Ryan pinged me uh, the night before the trade and was like, I think I'm ready to be serious. Like, let's talk. I texted him. Like, it came together really fast. Um, I feel like trading Trey Turner. I I feel a little icky about saying this because I like for those sellers. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up the market that is going to exist. But oh, I, please, do. please do. But I, I I was a little surprised by the lack of concrete willingness from our competitive teams to move for a star like that. A little a little bit, right? I I knew that I'd be able to move him, and that and I got there, but. Comparing this to, you know, previous years, um, I felt like I had less concrete interest early. And that might just be about teams like not knowing what they have yet. That's possible. Um, it's certainly a weird time of the year to make a trade quite like this one. Like when I buy, I want to do it as fast as possible so that I have the team to like win as many games as possible. Um, but I don't know. It was it was an odd market. And um, I definitely had interest, just not as much as I would have hoped in the, when I was fur pinging people. So, yeah, you know, I told you this, but I thought my my thoughts on that were essentially that I, you know, I think I I, I think just the weirdness of the this season and and offensive season, I think it's hard for teams to understand what exactly they have. You know, if their pitching is better than they expected, is that going to stay the case you know is if their offense is struggling you know, is it going to bounce back or if our player is going to get back to where they thought where we thought they would be before the season so i think that factors in i think also trade turner just was kind of off to a slow start too and you know that it what, what you know fair or not i think that probably was being valued in and you know when he had an ops in like the 600s like do you you know do you want to Pay, give up the farm for a guy who's got like a 690 OPS, which, you know, it's now it seems to be bouncing back to a much more normal level as, you know, not, not surprisingly so, but I think that probably also had, had a hand in that. I, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I, I'll say one last thing. I was getting very close to just putting a spreadsheet up that said, everybody publicly make your offers for Trey Turner. Best one gets him. Right. Which honestly, like, I feel like we should have a little bit more of that in LDB, like rather than this behind closed doors business, just like, Who's going to be the best offer? Like, it's all public. Like, I I think sometimes those yield really good trades. Um, so I was getting close to thinking about doing that when Ryan pinged me, and then I was like, oh, this is totally going to work out, and this is I think it's good for both of us. So, I, I used to. That's how I in the early days of LDB when I would uh, sell somebody at the deadline or close to the deadline, I would do a quasi public auction, be like, you know. Sent me, and that, that was a those in those days it was cash was king and I would it would be mostly a money deal. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Um, but Ryan, I I will say this unabashedly, I am rooting for you to win this year. Um, I want to see my my old guys get there, and 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 I hope you do it. So, I um, that. so we have been going for I think fifty minutes. So I, I I'd like to turn to the rest of the league for a few here. Um, I do. I did select like a, a matchup of the week, but before we get to that, can we just take a quick minute? Like anyone seeing a team that that the emergence you you think is is real, or as we did last year with 
ready to pronounce death. I'm ready to pronounce my own death. Uh, but like any 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 teams that you're you want to talk about, positive or negative, for for the trends that they're showing you. Star, do you mind if I start with you, or you look like you're really deep in thought, so maybe you're not ready. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I just want I, I think I'm doing this because I knew that would make them uncomfortable, but honestly, the biggest surprise to me is how dominant the tones have been. Just can, can we talk about how the tones are just running roughshod over the rest of the league and how they are definitively the best the best team in the league? Becker, no, no, can you no, address that? Not, please? No, it's not time to talk about the tones. <laughs> it's not time to talk about the tones. I, I, I feel like it. How many win? How many more wins do you have than anybody else? Like fifteen at the six week mark. It's an absurd, it's an absurd pace that we're on here, and I feel like it, it, it's it's. Yeah, it, it, it can't be ignored anymore. I'm not doing a lot of scoreboard watching, I can tell you that. So I, I don't have a good read uh, on who's where in the standings. Um, but the tones... You're, you're, yeah. you're first. You're first. You're by a lot. <laughs> so th- this is not going to surprise any of you, um, but the tones are struggling. The, the tones... No, you're laughing, Chris. You're laughing. But the tones... We should all have sympathy for, for the best record. The, the tones have some serious injury problems. Take a look, take a look at the pitching staff. They're not going to make innings next week. And I know you're about to tee up the game of the week against, uh, against Tim. Uh, I think there's going to be a serious problem making innings, especially Freddie Peralta went on the I.L., uh, Eduardo Rodriguez went on the IL. McGill's on the IL. Half of my team's on the IL. So it could be it could be a real bloodbath, uh, a, a reckoning, so to speak. And so, no, I, I am I'm not as confident. I'm not going to go there, Star. I think there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think let me just say finally that I think the quarter rankings will reflect that. I don't expect the Tones to be the number one team. I don't. What do you like? Fifteen, sixteen. No, I mean, probably top four. <laughs> probably top four. The, the tones are really struggling. The tones are really struggling, guys. Yeah, we, um, we, saw, we saw some sympathy for, you know, the, the, the struggles that Becker's going through right now. You'll, you'll see at the end of next week, when, we, when and if we record on Sunday, you're going to see Tim has beaten me 11 to 1. When you still have the best record in the league, but only by, like, five games. <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> All right. Can, I, I'm going to turn it to Nate. Can we do that real quick? And like Nate is in the hardest division in the league right now, based on the fact that he's with the Tones, who apparently are struggling mightily. Uh, Star, your team is below 500, um, unless you pulled off a pretty big win this week. I haven't checked. Uh, and- unfortunately, unfortunately, no. I was I was up nine three against Paul and it dropped to seven five. So right, still, so- still under 500. Are we are we ready to say like Nate's in some serious shit? I mean, I, I feel like that's fair. Just you know, he he lost again this week, and you know, it's he's just his team's not even bad. Like his you know his team is fine by Roto. He was what? Yeah, he's God. He's sixth in Roto, but just an unfortunate start. So I don't know. It's just bad luck, honestly. I don't know what else you can say about what's happened to him so far. Okay. Um, I think, I think if that's what we're going to say. Like we're, I'm good with that. Like we don't have to dwell. Any teams that like we want to talk about as being good that, you know, or better than we expected. 
I think, I, I think the powers are underachieving. Um, I, I put a lot of stock in Roto this time of year. And to, uh, when I saw Star's record and then saw where the powers were in Roto, it, it clearly doesn't match up. Uh, so I, there's a lot of room to grow, I think, especially with that pat- pitching staff, as we've all acknowledged. It's only a matter of time before he starts climbing and, and the uh, standings reflect kind of his team. But I was surprised to see him doing well offensively in Roto, despite that record. I feel like I'm going to do the thing that happens on this podcast like once every three weeks where I say something and then I run into a baseball bat being swung at full speed because people will disagree with me. So I'm going to say this very carefully. Anton's team is not as bad as I expected it to be. I'm not ready to say it's great or good even. But it is not nearly as bad. I think Anton had a sneaky good auction. He was the team I wanted to talk about. Um, and also he did a really good job of picking up players, right? So like he went out and traded for Wainwright. Uh, we know that you did that, Mr. Tones. He actually, well, had in, the, in that deal, he also got Royce Lewis and two picks. And he had the balls to, pr- to promote Joe Ryan, which at the time I was like, yeah, great you're move. Really, you're really doing that right now. And then like, Whoa, he's been awesome. Uh, and Cole Irvin was a hell of a pickup. Um, his bullpen is not great it's downright bad actually but like i think he's making it work with some sneaky good starters like merrill kelly's even better than he's been in previous years by a good margin and then he's got like so many swiss army knife hitters i i think it's like they're all kind of like louis is it louis robert or louis robert i never know um but you know he's got a number of guys with five plus stolen bases between merrifield and segura segura's having a resurgence season I don't think this team is bad. I think he might be able to float near 500 and then give himself some difficult choices. Here's the sneaky thing about the schedule. He's the team in, in, our, uh, in Iron and Oil that hasn't beaten up on me yet. He did that playing the two tough teams. So, like, that says something to me. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been impressed with Anton's team. I think this is this is one of those teams where I think it's one of those situations where it's like tough to tell what this dead ball means for the future of this team because he's got the offense was okay coming out of the auction, uh, and the pitching looked dreadful. And so far, the pitching's been pretty good. And you know, can these guys, you know, look at? Cole Urban, Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, Adam Wainwright, all with sub three ERAs. Like, is that going to keep up? And to any extent of that, like, I mean, it's going to need, he's going to need something like that to keep up because that's really where, where the surprise has been. Uh, but it's, it, I, I, I'm with you. The offense has been solid and the pitching has been a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, and that, you know, it has been a you know proven to be a successful recipe and like you know now he 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 spent he sold a ton he has a lot of assets where if he wanted to go out and like actually go get some good players some guys you you feel a little bit more confident counting on after this start he's gonna be over 500 after this week like maybe he switches into buy mode and actually <laughs> makes a run now and 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 adds to this kind of surprising core that he has love it Love it. I think, I mean, I've, I've only been in the league for several years, but I know the league is healthier when more teams are buying, when more teams are competing. 
Um, so I, I love to see it and I don't see why he can't be competitive this year. Hmm. Or he could pull a mark and then just accumulate all the assets for 10 years. No, no one's biting at that. Okay. Sorry. Mark, I'm, I'm just, I'm making a joke at your expense. I apologize. Uh, you can, you can call me out later. Uh, I think it's time to move to the match of the week then, because I feel like the other team that logically we should have been talking about, um, is Tim's. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, uh, the two top records are going to compete next week, uh, unless I'm mistaken that somebody, you know, did really well or really poorly this week, but Tim and Becker are going to play, uh, Becker will let you go last on this one because it's your team. Um, Ryan, are you good to, to tell us who you like in this matchup? Um, I can go to star first if you're not ready. No, I, I, I. I, I don't I, I'm just uh, I will say I don't have an opinion because uh, I, I I just remember last year you guys pronounced me dead but then a few weeks later you had to pronounce me resurrected. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's good, it's good. I don't want to I don't want to make any predictions I don't want to I don't want to very that. smart move I don't want to be in that wise. position I have to have to uh, you know eat my words or whatever so Ryan is this your way of telling us that the corn's going to struggle. The corn's struggling really bad right now, in fact, and uh, say nothing that can provide any bulletin board material to anyone. <laughs> I, I, I have nothing to say about anybody. Very savvy. Well, that makes for excellent listening. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> Star, <laughs> what do you think, bud? I mean, I, I think it's good. I, I think these are two of the best offenses in the game. I think, and, and you know, I think both pitching staffs have pitched considerably better than I think were projected. I think Becker Becker has a valid point this week as to whether or not the injuries that he has suffered on the pitching side. I, I didn't actually realize Freddie Peralta was going to be IL. Looks like that's happening. Uh, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez also already on the IL, and Miguel on the IL. Becker's had a, a bit of a rough stretch in terms of pitching injuries and. Um, I think that's that's really the question for this week. And if and if Tim's going to win, I think it's could be because Becker's really kind of forced to plumb the depths of his pitching staff, and uh, doesn't does not produce a pitching line that you know, I think he was one in pitching Roto coming into this week. And I don't know how well he did this week, but I know he won one big against. I imagine it's another good pitching week. Um, you know, I, I, if if he loses this week, I think it's going to be because, be because of all the injuries that he suffered. And yeah, he had a two point five seven ERA this week again. Um, but it, can he keep that up with all the injuries he's he's dealt with over the last week? I think that's the major question going to a matchup with Tim. Yeah, uh, Becker, I'll turn it over to you in a second. But I just I, we've already talked about your team a little bit. If you have not paid attention to how good Alec Manoa is, folks. Time to start watching. I, I think he's he's got a good shot, Sion. He is pitching incredibly, uh, and I I think that's for real. Like I think that step up right there is for real. Um, and I think that uh, Tim needed that, but it's there, and he's and he's doing that. The other one that like I still Cardinals fan here, like I don't know what to make of Miles Michaelis. Like I don't know. I feel like that one like it'll last a little while longer, and then the wheels are gonna come off. That's my prediction. But, um, Becker, what are your thoughts on uh, on this week's matchup? Another astute observation from our uh, co-commissioner. 
I think you nailed it. It's going to come down to pitching. Not only will I have to kind of uh, plunge the depths of my pitching rotation, I'm going to have to make some, some picks off the wire uh, just to make innings. I'm, I'm not being sarcastic with this. I, I really will struggle. So um, normally I, I like to rely on a bullpen to make up a bulk of those innings, and even my bullpen is pretty injured. So uh, Tim's catching me at the right time. I've, I've said for weeks now that I'm absolutely terrified of Tim's offense. I think on any given day it can just totally uh, you know, run away with six hitting categories. And so it depends on the matchups. I haven't really checked on um, who, uh, what the matchups are for Tim's pitchers, but I think we'll be competitive. So I'm, I, I, maybe it, it won't be an 11-1 to finish, although it very well could. I certainly expect it to be a, a 6 6 seven, five type of scenario by the end of the week. All right. Well, I wish you both luck. Um, we are at the one-hour point. Hard to believe. I've had a lot of fun. Um, I do want to kick it off for last thoughts before we, before we sign off. Um, before I do that though, shout out to co-commissioner Ian, uh, the, the write-ups are awesome as always. Um, and, uh, keep them coming. I think as soon as he's done, we'll try to get him on to talk about what he did. Um, and again, just a, a call out to the league, like reach out. We want to, we want to get this going back with, obviously with my having COVID then not having COVID. There was a Mother's Day in there. It's just been a tough stretch for us to get these going, but we're going to we're gonna try to become more regular again. Um, so uh, let's do that. Um, Star, more fiber. More fiber. I was thinking about that joke, actually. Um, final final thoughts, Star? Uh, don't, don't get COVID, guys. It, it, it's, it's not, it's, you know, it's, even, even with a, a relatively mild case, uh, not, not a pleasant situation. Losing your sense of taste, even for like 72 hours, scary things. I was like, am I ever gonna be able to taste again? Yeah, it's not, not a feeling I really enjoyed. So avoid COVID guys, there's still a pandemic happening, it turns out. I don't even know how the fuck I got it. Uh, I have no idea. And that, that scared me more than anything, honestly. Well, I know how I got it, I got it from Felix. Um, Becker, how about your final last thoughts? Yeah, just wishing Star and Anna uh, good health. I, I, I got to be really, really scary. So hopefully you're near the tail end of it and uh, really do appreciate Ryan coming on. This was a lot of fun. You're a great guest. Thanks. Agreed. Ryan, last thoughts. Final word is yours, my friend. Um, I guess I'll, I'll, final thought, I'll just say this. Um, I'm, I, I don't know that I'm done buying. Um, I'm not particularly shopping for anything, but I still have a bunch of uh, AA picks that I could potentially uh, use in a deal. So, so might see some more of that. Well, I look forward to when my pitchers come back and I actually have something worth giving you. So we'll see if we can do round two later. Um, all right. Uh, I'm, I think, are we, are we out yet? <laughs> What's the line? We need a better sign off. I think we're out. Yeah. I think we need a better one. All right. You got one? Hit us up. Nope. I got nothing. Well, all right, we'll, for next time. Have a good night. <laughs> Baseball.